Good morning, everybody. Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast back with you as we have entered into draft week for 2021. Cleveland is upon us, and uh, after all the strange oddities of uh, last year's draft, there will be some of the participants will be there. Roger Goodell has said he's going to be hugging people, so a little feel of normalcy, Wiz. Uh, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. I'll tell you, I saw... Um UFC had a had a very very exciting card in Jacksonville, Florida, and they had uh, a, a, you know cra- audience uh, live crowd there, and uh, it was it was wild. I mean, it was like something to behold, and I think uh, you're going to start seeing that as uh, as we get back to a little bit semblance of normalcy um, in the sports world and uh, having fans in the arena. You know, you just think, oh my goodness, how how did we go a year without having you know fans in attendance? And it, it was it was really really wild. And um, looking forward that to the upcoming uh, football season as well, where uh, it was it was a strange thing, where uh, you know there was no no noise uh, no noise at all from the crowd. So uh, we're we're looking forward to getting back to that. Yeah, you know, it's, you you kind of take a step back. And, and and think about all of the things that you were doing beforehand, like what normal was and what kind of normal became. And it's it's pretty wild when you think about it. I mean, it, it is it is such a significant departure from what we were used to. And it's just not sports; it's everyday life. It's quite fascinating. I was actually uh, witnessing on, on TV. I think last night I saw it on the news. There were fifty thousand people. At a, now, granted, New Zealand was very, very strict in terms of how they handled the virus. There were 50,000 maskless people at a music concert screaming their heads off in New Zealand. It was something to behold. But, you know, yeah, we're going to get to see some of that, as you indicated. Uh, you know, the UFC card, you know, there are more fans in stadiums as we've kind of move along here. Uh, 40-odd percent of the adult population, I think, we're up to now has been vaccinated at least at least one full uh, shot. So uh, yeah, lo- lots moving forward. And, and Wiz and I are moving forward here as, as we kind of finish up uh, our wrap up in terms of team needs. Uh, we're going to do the NFC uh, and we're going to start doing that tonight with the with the NFC East and uh, a division near and dear to my heart because I am a New York Giant fan. So so let's start with the Giants who did make a big splash in free agency in the offseason. Uh, Kenny Galladay and, and Adoree Jackson, I think that was, those were the biggest additions on this team. The offensive weapons to me are are in place, you know, for the Giants. You know, me as a fan, I want to protect the quarterback, and I'd like to continue to add about the add to the defense. I have seen a number of mocks whiz where you know, if a guy like Waddle or Devonta Smith do drop down to this spot, that the Giants would actually be looking at that. But me as a fan. I definitely prefer, and just as a football person, I just think it's a smart move. Continue to build on either that offensive line or, like I said, continue to develop the defense, which definitely improved last year uh, in its first year under a new coaching staff. Yeah, I mean, uh, the Giants had some interesting um, free, you know, activity in the free in, with free agency. Uh, as you mentioned, Galladay and Adore Jackson were a big splash um, signings, uh, terrific players, 
both going to make an immediate impact on, on the Giants. And then they did some other things. I kind I, I liked the Booker uh, bringing him in, in to back, bring him in to back up Saquon Barkley. I think is good. Uh, Kyle Rudolph is in that tight end room now. And then John Ross is a guy that was you know drafted early uh, <laughs> just a few years ago, and uh, maybe maybe just you know a change of scenery and uh, give him a type of situation where uh, the Giants have a player that could do something different than their other wide receivers and really make some big plays through the passing game. But in terms of this draft, you know, I look at it and I focus on quarterback when it comes to the Giants. Not drafting a quarterback, but the two things, protecting the quarterback and getting after the opposing quarterback. And that's what the Giants need to do early and often in this draft is they need an elite offensive lineman to protect Daniel Jones, and they need uh, an elite pass rusher to get after the opposing quarterback. So I think the Giants are going to look at those two positions, and when it comes their turn to pick, they're just going to take the best player available at either of those positions. Now, can it get complicated, interesting, if you know uh, Devontae Smith or Waddle are available when the Giants are picking, I, I guess. Um, you know, um, we'll have to see it, how that plays out. Uh, I'm not quite sure that's going to be the case, maybe. But um, but in any event, the Giants, whether, whatever they do with their first-round pick, they, they have to shore up protection for Daniel Jones, and they got to get someone to rush the other team's quarterback. Yeah, I, I'm definitely not in favor, because I feel that their receiver, with if you look at Galladay, Shepard, Slayton, you mentioned Ross. Ross has to stay on the field. Um I think, you know, I, I just think there's enough talent there. And again, Rudolph and Engram that they can certainly uh, do a very, you know, a, a fine job as a, as a receiving core. And I would continue to try to protect Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones has to get better. Daniel Jones has to get better. And I think the more pressure he's under, granted, he does run well. But, you know, he's got a, he's got a he's got an itchy trigger, trigger finger at times. I think his decision-making is something to be questioned. He didn't develop the way I, I thought he could last year. I know you were a little bit questioned on the player and down on the player as well as not being able to make that next step. But making that next step is definitely a big part of that is actually protecting him. So hopefully they go that route, but let, let's see what happens. Um, let's go down to Turnpike, Wiz, and let's talk about the Philadelphia Eagles. You know, I look at this situation, first of all, Howie Roseman, has done a terrible job the last two years. You know, you think about it, he takes J.J. Arcega-Whiteside uh, two years ago. Last year, he takes Jalen Rager, who I think still will be a good player in this league, but you pass on players like D.K. Metcalf and Justin Jefferson. And, you know, now we're hearing rumblings about kind of the dynamics there between the coaching staff, ownership, and GM. It doesn't smell very good. There's stuff being mentioned about the, the new head coach already, Jalen Hurts controversy, whether he's the starting quarterback. You know, the Eagles traded back in this draft. Uh, you know, the Eagles head into this, you know, not not too far removed from a Super Bowl championship, but probably in complete disarray and needing help in every single facet of the game. And I agree with that. And I would not be surprised when this draft gets on the way to seeing what happens with these first five to seven picks. I, I, I would be, you know, all for the Eagles to trade down. I mean, this is the type of draft that maybe they, they need to take, a uh, you know, a page out of the Patriots drafts in terms of just keep trading down, keep accumulating picks. As you mentioned, they, they need so much. Um, 
and they're picking 12. They can get a, a very good player, but you know they 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 need so you know linebacker, cornerback, protect Jalen Hurts, safety. Use another wide receiver as well. Uh, you know, it's tough to even figure out with the Eagles what's they, they need so much. It's it's difficult to, to to set a priority list. So I guess they're going to look at those positions and keep taking the best player available. But like a twelve, if one of those quarterbacks slips down and somebody like the Patriots or another team wanted to go up from fifteen to twelve to to nab the quarterback, I, I would I would recommend that the Eagles keep trading down. Try and accumulate picks for this draft and for future drafts because they they could hit a home run with their first pick, but it's not going to be enough. They they just have to accumulate picks. So I like what they did with the Dolphins. I thought that was a terrific trade for both teams, and uh, I would just keep doing that because uh, it's it, the Eagles are in a rebuilding um, year, and they may be in some rebuilding years. You know, before before I move on from the Eagles, I just have a question because I have not, you know, it just just reminded me. It clicked into me before we we move further down the turnpike. But um, with Alex Smith uh, announcing his retirement, and you know, he he did wonderful things last year, and that was a, a really big deal that he was able to come back from the you know, horrific injury. Uh, you know, but, but we've talked a little bit about. Uh, the quarterback, you know, we, we did we did a whole podcast on it about the kind of the merry-go-round that we're going to see, and a lot of those kind of veteran guys did did find a home. And I'm just thinking about Nick Foles right now, and, and I'm really thinking hard about the Jets in particular, with with basically no experience on that roster at the quarterback position. And I think about a guy like Nick Foles, who I is I, is Nick Foles on the Chicago Bear roster still, or is he is he a free agent? No, I, Nick Nick Foles, I believe, is a is a free agent. I don't think he's on the he's he's yeah, yeah I don't think he's on the Bears roster at all. Yeah, so um, no. I, I'm just thinking we, we seem to be running out of uh, veteran veteran guys as backups, and, and and I'm surprised Nick Foles actually hasn't landed somewhere yet. And maybe you know, maybe I've missed something or what have you. But I think the Jets, you know, uh, that's a I thought Alex Smith would have been a great place for that, but obviously he decided that he was going to retire. But Nick Foles is some guy is someone I would pay attention to as kind of a veteran guide to be a backup somewhere and I think the Jets need to do that you know and we're anticipating them taking Zach Wilson so I was just yeah, no I'm just looking at now no I'm I, I, I was wrong I thought they they you know his contract was up he's on the contract and actually him and Dalton are both yeah, okay. on, on the Bears roster so either they're going to release him or they I don't know I guess they may keep him but I can't imagine it would take much to get him in some sort of a trade and uh yeah to your to your point there are teams that could really use some kind of veteran on the team. The Jets clearly come to, to mind first, but yeah, I'm looking right now and he is actually is on the Bears depth chart a quarterback. Yeah, it's interesting. And the next team we're going to talk about the Redskins, uh, Redskins, sorry, Washington football team. And I think there's a, there's a few teams that certainly are going to be looking, you know, be, the quarterbacks that kind of fall outside the first round picks, you know, guy, guys that potentially could, could help. Uh, you know, I think that's something that we're going to watch. Um, in the offseason, the Washington football team, uh, you know, Wiz and I have been very critical of ownership here, but they did make a good move in bringing a guy like Ron Rivera here, and he certainly seems to have stabilized the ship with all the injuries that they had last year, still able to make the playoffs, uh, you know, which was kind of a miracle in, in, in and of itself. Um, I love what they did in bringing Ryan Fitzpatrick here, so it's a perfect situation. We know Tyler Henneke, what he did, they did sign him, and he almost beat Tom Brady in the playoffs. Uh, Curtis Sam 
Samuel, to me, you know, one of the best signings that we saw all offseason. You know, so those two signings uh, give me a lot of optimism for what's going on in Washington, which adds to that terrific defense. Um, but Washington football team here, you know, there is some speculation that they could add a quarterback in this draft. Uh, I think they still continue to need some help, uh, particularly on that offensive line. Um, and, and, you know, there may be some additional receivers added on this team. You know, where, do you, you agree with that? Is that the place where they have to go? Ryan Kerrigan has not yet signed uh, with the Washington football team, re-signed, and I'm not sure he's going to re-sign. So they perhaps will need to add another pressure guy on a very, very good defense here. So how do you see the Washington football team tackling this draft? Yeah, I mean, uh, I like what they do in free agency. Um, you know, the, Curtis Samuel seemed to be the big splash guy. Also, Adam Humphreys uh, is with them as well. Um, and but, but on the on the defensive side, I love the William Jackson signing from the Bengals. I thought he may have been the best cornerback that was available in free agency. So I, I love that going to them. And I think. It's when I look at the when I look at the Washington football team and their defense, they have a chance to be, if not one of the best, you know, if not the best defense in, in the National Football League, certainly one of the top three or five. And the one thing that they're missing is probably a athletic linebacker that could go sideline to sideline. So I, I think you know. They like to get some sort of a young quarterback in this draft uh, that could, you know, be the guy down the road. Yes, but that's not going to be the number one priority. I think, you know, linebacker, maybe offensive line as well, but certainly an athletic linebacker, and then down the road in this draft, maybe day two or day three, uh, take, a, take a chance and, and, and see if they can get the heir apparent to uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. So I think that defense is an elite linebacker away from maybe being the best in football. I think you get one in the draft um, with that with that defensive line that gets after the quarterback. Um, the, the Washington football's defense could be, you know, the best in, in football. All right, so let's talk about the final team in this division, and that's the Dallas Cowboys. And, and the biggest thing that they did, obviously, is finally getting Dak Prescott situations uh, figured out, uh, you know, we look at that, though, and, and there's a lot of money that's been invested in some of their key offensive players, including uh, uh, including uh, the running back, uh, obviously, uh, who, you know, Ezekiel Elliott, who we're a little down on in terms of how he's performed of late. Uh, obviously, Amari Cooper as well. But, you know, the Dallas Cowboys, it seems like every single draft, we're always hearing about you know, some hop in his step that Jerry Jones has for a particular player. Uh, you know, look, this defense was so bad at the beginning of last year, and, and Dak Prescott doesn't get hurt last year. Who knows what kind of records get broken in terms of fantasy quarterbacks and this whole offense as a whole. Uh, but that that happened. The defense was terrible. They need a lot of help there. They lost to the one guy who actually did something last year who hadn't played football in a bunch of years, and that was Alden Smith. I don't think they really made a lot of splash signings in free agency. They didn't really have a lot of money to go around. And Dallas Cowboys boys, you know, where they're picking, as would happen last year, you know what they did with CeeDee Lamb, they didn't think he would be there, but they took him. I, you know, I know Jerry Jones wants to get excited about some of these offensive, offensive players, but that's not what the Cowboys need. Now, offensive line you want to talk about? Yeah, they could use some help on the offensive line, but skill set positions, I don't agree with. This is, to me, the best defender or the best offensive lineman available. That's who the Cowboys should be taking. Jerry Jones has to stop with this with this bozoness that he's created in a lot of these drafts. We know what he did with Johnny Manziel. I just don't want to hear about Jerry Jones anymore. They need offensive line help because that offensive line is deteriorated, and they need a tremendous defensive player to help out. That's my view on the Cowboys. 
Yeah, so you, I'm sure you saw and read that Jerry Jones, I think, met with Kyle Pitts and, you know, talked to him, or uh, there's a complete fascination with the player. And uh, uh, I think this past week there was talks of uh, seeing what the Cowboys could do to move up and make a trade with the Falcons, all of that. You know, let me tell you what this this reminds me of with the, with the Cowboys and the situation they have with their roster now and the Kyle Pitts um, talk is – you know, when you were a kid and you would buy, uh, you know, the ice cream truck would come down the street and you would buy a cone. And before you knew it, like the ice cream was just dripping all down the cone. You weren't paying attention. Well, the, you know, what the Cowboys need is a napkin. Jerry Jones wants to get another scoop of ice cream. By, but they need offensive line, defensive line, and certainly help in the secondary at cornerback, um, and, and those are the pressing needs. They need to hit, forget about trading up from 10 to 4. They need to hit a home run at with that 10th pick. There will be uh, uh, several terrific players to pick from, and uh, they, 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 that's what they need to do. Because, you know, it just seemed like it was yesterday, right, when that Cowboys offensive line was just unstoppable. They were just a wrecking crew, and they, they would push the line of scrimmage, and Ezekiel Elliott, and you could count on that. But that offensive line, you know, but retirement, and, 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 and they have, you know, if you take a look at a player like Zach Martin, he's a great player. He missed some games, and it looked like every other game he was either out or he was playing through a bad injury. So they have got to secure that as well. I see them drafting a cornerback, uh, maybe Patrick Satan or J.C. Horn. Uh, Farley's good as well, but I think he's probably moved back a little bit on people's draft boards. So cornerback with their first pick, and then offensive line and defensive line after that. They have enough skilled players to win, as you mentioned. They need to worry about uh, – the, the both sides of the line of scrimmage and, and, and the cornerback to uh, stop the other team from scoring 70 points a game. Uh, indeed, indeed. All right, well, that, that's a wrap-up on the NFC East. Uh, we're going to move next to the NFC North. Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, we're on Spotify, we're on Apple Podcasts, and we're on SoundCloud. Make sure you're subscribing to the podcast. We're going to continue to as things move along here, uh, give our views on what's going to happen, you know, and uh, look, the NFL season, like I said, the preparation for the upcoming season, it started a long time ago. Wiz and I are right there. So we'll continue to bring these divisions. And then we're going to talk more about the draft as we get closer to it. So thank you very much, Wiz. And we'll be back with the NFC North. You got it. <laughs>